See, madness, as you know, is like gravity. All it takes is a little push. <laughs> They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they. Talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. I am here with my good friends, Mister Ek Two Fly, Eric Trembicki, and <laughs> the voice that runs the place, Mister Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. Welcome to the show. We are doing our review of No Mercy. 2017. Yes, I've had a lot of requests to jumpstart the show with Ronnie versus the World. <laughs> uh, I believe I said on the show last week. Hold the whole on, hold show, on. You, you mean Ronnie versus the Worlds? World versus the Worlds, <laughs> yes. I guess before we get to that, we will mention, though, Falls Count Anywhere. Take a listen to that. We have a new Perfect Edge. A <laughs> Listen possibly, to that. Yeah, a Tune possibly, in. maybe humbled version of Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. I don't know. <laughs> just, just Donovan dropped dropped thirty eight minutes of gold. Yeah, Donovan wrestling and nicknames. Yeah, um, listen to good old DL. Listen to we have we haven't had an unsanctioned in a while. Uh, throwback fall brawl ninety seven or ninety eight. Nobody knows anymore. Uh, it was there. Yeah. <laughs> if you like the show, if you listen to the show, please subscribe to the show. Five star ratings and reviews. Uh, with that, yes, Ronnie versus the Worlds. I said last week it might be the whole show if Enzo Amore <laughs> wins the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, you popped. Certified G? I don't. Bonafide, Bonafide stud? stud. You can't teach that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I've been on record as saying if you threw me out there in the ring, I think my matches would be as good <laughs> as Enzo's. Um, a division that is based around the very idea of talent in-ring wrestling ability athleticism creativity in the ring they now put the title on a guy who has none of that in his toolbox he can talk that's it um watching on sunday evening i really thought there's no way they're gonna do it obviously it happened i was annoyed i was angry it drove you to drink it drove me to drink um yeah, I was like, what? I don't really understand how they could do this. It, it makes no sense to me. You've put in no time to get any of these guys in the division over. You haven't made any of them matter. You bury them in the middle of the show. You'll have a dumb segment thrown like somewhere in the, the second hour. It, it has kind of annoyed me. They made such a big deal out of it coming out of the Cruiserweight Classic, and then they found a way to make it just not really matter. Um, yeah, I, w I was very annoyed, very aggravated, and thought, like, how could you guys, how could you guys do this to the rest of that division? But then Monday night happened. Oh, so we're starting with this. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start with this just because he's still part of Ronnie versus the world. Did they make up for it? I will say this. I do not currently like Enzo. I still feel the exact same way about him. But one thing I remembered is when I first saw him in NXT, I was like, are you kidding me? People are cheering for this idiot. And then I saw him a couple times, and I was like, this is actually fun. I was like, he's basically a Jersey Shore character mm -hmm. 
and that's perfect for the world of pro wrestling. <laughs> like, I hated those people, but I was like, you throw them in wrestling, and they're probably entertaining. So I was like, I kind of get it now. I think I saw the light with, he's perfect at being annoying and aggravating. He, the way you hate The Miz, Eck. Like, oh, yeah. he legitimately makes you angry. Yeah. Um, that's how I'm seeing Enzo now. It's like you've realized in behind the scenes he's pissed off everybody in the locker room. A lot of stories have come out in his personal life that he's a jerk. Um, people have stopped liking him, gotten tired of him. Well, now, guess what? They figured out how to say, this guy is not liked. Now we're going to throw him to the forefront. And now there's a guy that you legitimately don't like in that position. Um, so a lot of smart fans are angry about it. And it's generating at least a reaction. I think it led to Neville having made, maybe my favorite promo he's ever cut. His body language, the way he talked to Enzo, the way he just kind of like dropped the microphone after he said, Enzo Amore, I'm here to end you. I was like, this is awesome from Neville. And then the fact that you have the entire division against him. It's one man, like, ostracized against this entire division. I think it has at least become interesting. It's not enough to get me to watch 205 Live every week, but I think they have something there that is going to get a reaction from people, and you, we all know that's all they care about. If you're getting half cheered and half booed, they'll say how polarizing you are. So I think they – and it, it got us more of Kurt Angle, the Kurt Angle that we all want to see. Him telling Enzo – Enzo, you are annoying as hell. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. Angle saying, you want some advice from a, a, another former <laughs> champion? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> that, that was great. That was that great on Enzo's part. So on, sun, on Sunday, I was pissed. By the end of Monday night, I was like, I don't like this guy still. And I hope he doesn't have a necessarily long reign. But this is almost like Eva Marie. You guys know, I, as soon as they announced that SmackDown women's match, I said, I want Eva Marie to win. And just because I knew how much it would piss people off. This pissed people off. I think there's nothing wrong with that. His wrestling still leaves a lot to be desired, but I don't hate it anymore. And I'm like, I, I at least see what you're trying here. And him even coming out saying, like, Neville, you've been this champion for how long? And this is the first time it's been in the main event overall. Like, that's true. Yeah. Does he deserve to be in the main it, event I mean, overall? I don't think so, but, like... Story, from a story perspective, they're doing a good job of presenting that story. And from a fact per perspective, I mean, he went out there, you know, he insulted the whole roster and at the same time was able to put them all on blast, show, that, show everyone in the Cruiserweight division how much above all of them he is. Yeah, he ran down Whether it everyone. be financially or, you know, charisma or, yeah, or, or place on the card. Even those things, when he, when he talked about how much merch sales he has, I'm like, he... That's one of the things I've been wanting them to do for a while. Take real-life stuff yeah. and put it into your stories. Halo? Well, I'm just proud that you like this. <laughs> and, and you put your bias to the side. I'm glad you did that. <laughs> and um, I thought I was going to be the only one to actually like this. Mm -hmm. I, cause I thought it was perfect because going to Raw, because they put Roman and Miz in the middle of the show again, and then they announced the, the women's tag. And the, I was like, the women got main event. And then I forgot all about Enzo. I'm like, okay, something's going to happen. So I thought maybe get a new cruiserweight, whatever. But, like, right when Enzo came out, I know Booker T talked about how, I believe he said the YouTube videos for 205 Live were around 200,000. Mm -hmm. And then when Enzo got there, they hit, like, over a million. Yeah. So I like that aspect of it. And they, they kept hammering it down that Enzo basically makes the cruiserweight division. And 
whether we like it or not, as the smart fans, we don't we know Enzo's not great in the ring or whatever. But in and that is about as as nice as it could be put. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I've been saying for months about the cruiserweight division, they don't make you care. And like on two of five live, they do one thing, but they don't bring it to Raw. And then when they're on Raw, which is actually more important in 205 Live because that's the flagship show, they do none of the stuff they do on 205 Live. I, like, I know TJP is like, I've, from clips I've seen, he's actually killing it as a, as a heel on 205 Live, but we don't see that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I thought it was a good spot for the whole division to be brought out looking down on Enzo because en- to them, Enzo's basically a joke. He's like belittling them and the Cruiserweight title because it's like, this guy over here, this guy... And I like the fact that they kept that whole Enzo cheating thing going, too, because mm-hmm. that actually fits the character, because he's not, like, out-wrestling you. He's cheating to win. And I thought they put the, they put the Cruiserweights in a big, spot, a big spotlight and Enzo shooting all of them. Even, for example, I always also said that in the Cruiserweight division, the champion also always has to have, like, some type of character because they have to carry the entire division. Like, first with TJP, and then, like, the minute he started feuding with Brian Kendrick, we knew Kendrick was going to get it because of the, his character development. And then after, um, after Kendrick was Swan, we knew that. And then when Neville came, he was like, okay, Neville's going to run this. And after that, Neville, he fought Gallagher and Aries. And after that, he'd been, he's been champion since um, he dropped it to, 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 um, to Tazawa for a week. But he's been champion essentially for nine months. Mm-hmm. And it was important for them to put them in that spotlight because even on FCA, I know Donovan, I know a lot of people always talked about Cedric Alexander. But even Enzo said, he's a charisma vacuum. It's like, where is the edge out of Cedric Alexander? And... I like Neville coming down, but the one thing I did not like about this segment was I like the fact that Neville went down there to attack Enzo, but I think they wasted what they did on .com, and they should have did that on Raw because that showcases the entire division. Unfortunately, that's an epidemic that strikes them every week. Yeah, but because I, I was just like, I thought they all were going down because that would just be smart booking, but don't just send Neville down there because we all know Neville was the guy. He was the quote-unquote, king of the cruiserweights. But it should have been about everybody else in that division also, and not just now. It should have been about the division as a whole. Like, even on the dot-com segment, they had Drew Gulak cancel his no-fly zone thing. <laughs> and I thought that was great. Yeah. And they could they missed the opportunity on television to do that because not everybody watches that dot-com stuff. You can't bank on them there. You have, I, thought I didn't see that until the next day. So. Yeah, some, yeah, like a lot of people that haven't seen it. And I thought that even though Braun Strowman came out, it still it showcases your entire division, and you already have them a in the division ma- that needs to be showcased. Yeah, you already yeah. put them in the main event, so why not have them make a statement against Enzo, the whole division versus Enzo, because and let them end the show as a whole, not just Neville. Yeah. So the the one reason why I don't have a huge problem with that is I think that was Neville's graduation from the cruiserweights. Like I think he he beat up Enzo, that took away his opportunity to get a title shot. I think we're now going to see him as just part of the Raw main roster and not part of the Cruiserweights anymore. Because what else could he really do there? He did, I think, everything he could do. I think they did a good job now of making him relevant to the main yeah, roster, whereas he wasn't before. So that's the one reason I don't I don't have a huge problem with that. I think it would have been great if they did do that on the show. But if that leads to this is the way we get uh, Neville into the main roster and out of the Cruiserweights, to me, that makes some sense. Yeah, well, that could have worked both ways, too, because if Neville's going to leave, then showcase your other guys. Yeah. There's also that. And I, one thing where I didn't I didn't hate Enzo winning the title, where it's something we've been saying for weeks, you know, there are certain guys that 
they don't need a championship, like it's something good, whether it's on their resume or it's going to help them because they need an accolade. You've been around for so long. You have zero accolades. It's something almost holding you back. You know, Enzo and Cass, we said, you know, NXT for years, they should have won the tag titles. They never won on the main roster. Enzo's there. He's he's healthy. He, he is something for him to brag about. Also, the good thing in my eyes is the right way of getting getting the title to someone else that deserves it without discrediting Neville. Neville never really lo- – there was no one in the Cruiserweight division that really beat him. Tozawa beat him, but, you know, he, he got the belt right back, yeah. and there was nowhere else to go after mm-hmm. that. So I think this is the right way where you can get one of these, you know, purebred, you know, indie guys that came in through the cruiserweight division. That's the right way to get the title on them. And also, for a while, Enzo was likable as, like, the fun guy. That has kind of worn off. So now he's just kind of kind of just become, like, the loud, arrogant, annoying guy. And giving him that title that he could throw in everybody's face allows you to push that even more. It makes it even more annoying. It makes it even more aggravating. He could be even more arrogant, even more cocky. So... Am I sitting here saying I think he's going to be brilliant as the Cruiserweight champion? Of course not. But I do think this is something that gets more people interested in that show. For a fact. And, and it gives you a character that has... like Star power. And, yeah, and an actual character there. There aren't a lot of characters on that yeah. show. This is the, the one character now, and he's the champion of it. And it's funny because uh, we talk about like charisma not being there. It's, it's funny, and I remember you know, we're obviously going to... When FCA reviews... Um, this segment and 205 live on their show they're you know when when they get into tony niece and everything you know they're always going to put over that's that's our guy that's mm-hmm. the mad madness star right there but we're in 205 live and i think you know some of his six-man tags on roll he comes out there he talks his his whole way to the ring and i mean that's one of those things until his his farewell speech uh in his last house of hardcore show i mean you didn't hear him talk when he came out there he didn't talk much in the cwc but he's getting a chance to build some character for him i mean he's he's got an ego he's obviously uh fond of himself and that's something that someone in the back needs to take notice though yeah and i I obviously there's bias on the show we all every, every all the listeners are gonna know that you know, we favor him, and obviously that's the direction we want them to go next. But at least it seems, I don't know if it was Austin or it was Jericho, maybe even both of them, but they've said countless times, if you got 30 seconds to walk down to the ring, that's 30 seconds for you to talk. That's an open microphone. That's an open chance. Mm-hmm. And I've heard them say that on multiple outlets, and it, there's not many people take advantage of that, but Tony Nese all of a sudden, he comes out there and he's talking about himself. Yeah, which is good. And I get why people are unhappy about it but also you guys know okay two things you guys know about me one i'm open-minded enough to even if i don't like something other than bill (laughs) i'm open-minded enough to be willing to change my mind on it if there's a reason to the other thing is you know how much i love roman reigns pisses fans off you know i love how much john cena pisses fans off if it's one more guy that's going to piss fans off I, I can't hate that. Well, here's my thing. In my honest opinion, he pisses the smart fans off because mm-hmm. you see him on social media. There's Roman Reigns, John Cena. They're gonna have because they're they're on a different platform than anyone else on the roster. They're gonna have their sea of fans wherever they go. Enzo's got fans wherever he goes. He goes out there. He's he's getting cheered. When Braun killed him or in the entranceway, yeah, they did say thank you, Braun. But that was the smart fans getting some volume there. 
Yeah. And and Enzo mentioned, you know, his merch sales didn't stop when Enzo and Cass were hot. They didn't stop when they split. I mean, he still has a lot of popularity. I mean, the smart fans, us, we don't like him, but y- you can't deny that you, there's he has a presence. Obviously, the kids still love him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess we can move on. I just mentioned Roman and Cena. They had a match at No Mercy. I think we were all very much looking forward to it. I forgot it was a... Uh, a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to break down the ratings? Yeah, if it's a horrible show, it's a job. If it falls somewhere in the middle, it's a slobber knocker. If it's a fantastic show, it's a showstopper. So, Eck, you got a rating for this show? I'm going to give it on the lower slobber knocker. I mean, it, it, nothing really to hate, but nothing really to, you know, think in five years we're going to say, hey, let's do this for a throwback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Donovan might pick it as a throwback mm-hmm. in five years. Well, well we at least have... he's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to give it a plain slobber knocker. Um, I thought the show was pretty good. D- nothing bad. Um, I think everything was pretty solid. It was nothing I really legit hated. Even the Cruiserweight match, the way Enzo won, I didn't hate it because it followed up story. He cheated his way. It was entertaining. And, yeah, he didn't, out, he didn't quote unquote out wrestle anybody to be Cruiserweight champion. We'll get to Cena Roman shortly. And um, I thought the women's match was really good. I thought Nia Jack shot in that match. <clears throat> The, even the man versus the, the second ever man versus man, groundbreaking, <laughs> groundbreaking man versus man in pro wrestling. <laughs> I don't know how they never thought of this before. Uh, maybe we'll get woman versus woman soon. <laughs> but I, We're, that's asking for a lot. Yeah, it, it, that's too much. They would they wouldn't do woman, woman <laughs> versus woman. But it fit the story. As dumb as that sounds, it fit. But I do think it was a pretty solid card. Nothing, nothing that was like terrible. But everything was pretty solid. Yeah, I'm going to go Slobberknocker as well. It wasn't an excellent show, but it was a, a fun show. There's nothing on there that I really hated. There was obviously highs and lows you're going to get on pretty much every show. But it was an enjoyable show. I had fun with it. Uh, it. I was a little disappointed in the main event, but you're not going to get exactly what you want all the time. So Slobberknocker. So now, Cena and Roman. We have... The two guys that drive fans crazy. And I told you, Alo, I told you, Eck, there's no way for me to lose in this because somebody's going to be pissed <laughs> no matter what. I was hoping it would be Roman because I feel like people were ready to get behind Cena because that's how much they don't like Roman. So to me, it was perfect. Like, just when all these guys that want to see Cena lose all the time are ready to see him win, he loses anyway. So I, I couldn't have been any happier. I thought the match was really good. I thought Cena did a great job putting him over. Uh, he sold the hell out of his punches. Love that they had Roman kick out of the double AA. <laughs> couldn't have been any happier about that. And I liked that he really showed Roman a lot of respect afterwards. Did this match live up to your expectations, Eck? I thought the match was good. It was match of the night. Halo. Well, Cena actually put over some young talent. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> literally, this time. But I thought the match was good. I, I always say that if you have the opportunity to do things, do it when you can. But at the same time, this match kind of – they kept building it as WrestleMania-type WrestleMania type main event, which it was, but I think it kind of missed that WrestleMania energy. Yeah. That, 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 that's what I think. I, I, do, I do think the match was really good. The whole Roman kicking out of the double AA and he just losing abruptly like that with the spear, I thought was odd. But 
hey, for 15, year, with 15 years of delivering <laughs> six, of Six Minute John, he could, he could take that. Oh, yeah. And that, that was my first thought was, I can't wait to see all the comments on Twitter about, oh, it'll take a tank to beat Roman. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what you said about John Cena for all these years, and now it's, it's Roman. But I, I was happy with the outcome. I thought the match was good. I thought it lived up to the hype. I thought they left a little bit on the table because it, the match didn't really pick up until the end. It wasn't any spots in the middle that I thought they actually like grabbed your attention. You were kind of just waiting for it to pick up at the end. So there was nothing like really that brought you in until the end. That's the one thing I thought this match was missing, and that's why I think it had a lot left to be desired. I did think that it had like a big, like a big fight feel to it. Like even just when Roman's music hit and you could see Cena running the ropes, kind of they had like that wide shot. I thought, like, this looks like it's important. So, yeah, I thought it lived up to the hype. I enjoyed it. And Cena's interview afterwards on Raw Talk or whatever that show is called, I thought was great, too. Got emotional. He, again, gave Put a, ton, him over of, even a more. ton of respect to Roman. I don't know if, business-wise, if, if the company is, like, in great hands with Roman at this point. But... I do think that it's clear that he's the biggest star that they have right now that's not John Cena. Do you see anybody that could take that mantle from him? No. Not, uh, Balor, if anyone. But yeah. it doesn't really, you know, I guess he's in ways missing stuff, and they don't book him nowhere near as strong. Yeah, and I don't think Balor is quite at that level, unfortunately. Um, Intercontinental Championship match. The Miz and Jason Jordan. Obviously, The Miz cheats to win. What did you guys think of this match? It was good. I like another showcase for Jordan. And I like, I like the, the crowd actually kind of came around on him a little bit. He didn't get booed like he usually, like he usually does. The crowud actually bought into him. And, and I, like the, I like the whole steady pace that they're building him. Because like, even though he did win that um, six-pack challenge on Raw the previous week, they earned the number one contendership. They didn't, they didn't strap the title on him right away, which I do think that was a nice touch. But I think there's more long-term out of Jason Jordan if you actually turn him heel, because after a while, this frustration kind of has, has to start getting to him soon. Yeah, I believe that's what they're doing. Eck, your thoughts? I think that's, you know, spot-on points right there, because if they, the way he keeps losing, people are going to be forced to get behind him, because you almost got to have some sympathy for the guy. I mean, at first you're like, ah, oh, man, he's in a storyline with Kurt Angle, he's going to get shoved down your throat, but then he's in a match with John Cena, he has a great performance, he loses. He is in a match with Roman Reigns, he has a great performance, he loses. Uh, he goes out there with five other guys, and he wins to become a number one contender, and then the odds are stacked against him, and he folds. He's not able to win the Intercontinental Championship, so you're almost like, oh, what next for the guy? You almost get, give him a little sympathy. So whether you liked him or not, you almost got to either like him more or come around on him. Do you feel like he's better off right now than he was three weeks ago? He's better off right now than he was two weeks ago. <laughs> and you see that continuing for him? It's got to continue. I think so, too. I think that they are on the right track. Like you said, they're showcasing him, and they're giving, they're building in some little things that could go into his character and his story. Uh, on Raw, Miz TV with Roman Reigns as the guest. I thought this was a great segment. If anyone knows who Max Landis is, the, he's a screenwriter who did the Wrestling Isn't Wrestling video on YouTube. Um, he does not need me promoting him, but he did an unbelievable thread on Twitter 
about the Miz and the character evolution of the Miz, basically saying he's like one of the best anti anti heroes on TV, not just in wrestling, but like any TV character. He's one of the best anti heroes on TV right now, saying he has a complex of people who are considered like the quote unquote chosen one. He's getting overlooked for all the work he puts in, and that really goes into a lot of what his character stuff is. I really enjoyed this segment. Did you enjoy Miz TV with Roman Reigns? Yeah, I really did. I know last week you talked about how a lot of time with Roman Reigns, they're all over the place with his personality, but I really think they finally found their niche with him because even though he was a little jokey here, since WrestleMania, he's been co- really cocky about himself because he's quote-unquote retired the Undertaker, and now he's coming off the high of beating John Cena. And with Miz just acting like this we could the shield. We could take. We could take the shield. Roman just laughing. He did laugh, but I thought it was fun because he was being cocky, and it's true. Because like cause very, very cocky. Yeah, was, yeah that was arrogant, being, and it was and it was good. Mm-hmm. It That's, wasn't being goofy or silly. Yeah, because yeah. it's like it's like okay, you and these guys gonna beat me in the shield, which is we'll, we'll kick your asses. Mm-hmm. But I thought I thought it was a, a really nice touch, and the Miz just basically getting, getting, um get trying to get as far away from Roman Reigns as possible, saying I got a pregnant wife at home. I gotta get. <laughs> I gotta go. She needs me and stuff. I thought it was a, I thought it was a nice touch. And I'm look, and you can kind of tell that the seeds will be planted for the Shield versus the Mistourage. I'm I'm interested to see how they get there because Rollins and Ambrose had a thing with Strowman this past mm-hmm. week on Raw, and then how they're going to actually come together with, with Roman too. Yeah. So the other thing that I enjoyed about this, you brought up the Miz trying to get as far away as possible <laughs> from Roman. So another aspect of his character that I like with Roman is he's always ready to fight. Yeah. Like when Cena, Cena said something about him, like I got to beat Cena. some sense into you. He's like, do yeah. it, do it, good, do it. And when the Miz was talking about, it, he's like, look, let's run it right now if you want to fight. I like that that is coming to the front for him. And then yeah, the, the way the Miz was stammering over his <laughs> words, like uh, I, you know, I gotta like just didn't even know what to say because he's terrified of actually having to fight the guy. I thought was great. Um, I did think that the Miz Taraj should have won their tag match. Yeah, I was shocked they lost. Because if you're trying to build them towards the shield, why have them be, like, losers? Yeah. Have the Miztourage be, like, running wild for a little bit. And to a makeshift tag team at that, I was really shocked they lost that match. Yeah, I, I would have preferred to see that. But then the Miz and Roman had a match. I really enjoyed this match. This is uh, definitely a good segment for Raw, and especially the aftermath. Oh, yeah. it You know, Roman gets the win, obviously. Um but he gets beat down by the Miztourage afterwards, skull-crushing finale. And one of my favorite singular moments of the night is as they're walking up the ramp, Miz just kind of looking back over his shoulder and deciding, you know what, I'm not done yet. Hits him with it's the chair a little touch. more. Yeah, skull-crushing finale on the chair, and then the, the shield fist bump afterwards. I thought this was great. I really enjoyed this. I like that they're capitalizing on what is good about the Miz. Like, Alo, you said last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago, that you see the difference without Maurice there. That was last week. I didn't notice that you. Yeah, there I didn't notice that this week. And that's a good thing that they're they're hitting on what they're hitting on that kind of attitude that kind of skyrocketed him on talking smack with Daniel Bryan. Yeah, and the fact that Brock's not going to be at TLC, I like the fact that they're making the Miz a focal point because him and Kurt Angle have been going back and forth since or after SummerSlam about the IC title not being defended at SummerSlam and he him wanting to be a focal point and. 
since Brock's not going to be at TLC, The Miz is the perfect person to actually be the focal point of Raw with the Intercontinental title because that's been his point because he's been he him and the IC title have been being overlooked. This is the main title on Raw and it's the most prestigious title on Raw. Is you I, I can't even get on the pay, on the main pay per view, <laughs> and and I, like, I like that aspect because it's actually leading to something, and I like The Miz with Angle. I, I want more of it because. I said last a few weeks ago that Kurt Angle's basically become a waste of character at times. He did, he was great with Enzo, but I think the Miz butting heads with Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle could be similar to him butting heads with Daniel Bryan. Yeah, him saying every week what a bad father Kurt yeah. Angle is. <laughs> I, it 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 definitely is good. In any way you could pull Kurt, the real Kurt Angle out, I think you have to do it. Now, Eck, are you in any way, shape, or form? Have you in any way, shape, or form, come around on the Miz at all? It's one of those things. I think I said I, I said this in the peak of his uh, SmackDown, you know, run. You know, I appreciate his work, but it's not one of those things. I'm not going to say I like him just because I, you know, for the justification of you and all the other no, pricks it's not, affiliated. No, it's, with. Not even, it's not even that. It's not even that. It's the fact that you are you open minded about the Miz. Yeah, I mean, segments like this, I thought it was so good. So you you can appreciate what he's doing. Right I now. appreciate what he's doing. Okay. Do, do I like him? No. <laughs> Like, I appreciated when he did that first thing with Daniel Bryan. I appreciate when he brings any aspect and if it feels real. Everything he did on Talking Smack, you thought it was real. You thought it was real emotions. You thought it was really how he feels. Um, His feelings towards the Intercontinental Championships is similar to how I feel about it, similar to how you feel about it. So that's something I like. That is something I appreciate. Am I a fan of him? No. But, you know, he is a weasel. Um, You know, he does play the heel role pretty well. And if this is going to be some mass way, you know, um, where we get the Shield back together, obviously that's a plus. Um, If the Shield's going to bring their tag titles into it and it's going to be a six-on-six, you know, or I'm sorry, a three-on-three, you know, six-man tag, and, you know, it's going to be TLC. Maybe we we get a three-on-three TLC match with Mm -hmm. all the belts on the line. I think that's a great way to go. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Universal Championship, we had – Monster Among Men against Beast Incarnate, Brock and Braun. It was a fun match. Like they, especially the first half of it, I was thoroughly enjoying it. But it fell flat to me at the finish. Wait, well, I think how you know the clock was on this? I really don't know. It was probably roughly 10 minutes. Okay. But I just when it ended, I was like one. I don't really? feel yeah, I don't feel like it was uh didn't turn out one the result of this actually bothered me. Because I like I've been saying for weeks, like just put the damn belt on Braun Strowman already. So I was disappointed he didn't win. But I guess maybe this is one time where the dirt sheets are right, where they had that big match at SummerSlam, and now Brock has a thing with every one of those guys in the match one on one before I guess Roman beats him at WrestleMania. I don't know. Did this live up to the hype for you, Alo? No. Um. <laughs> like you called SummerSlam the Fatal Four, SummerSlam basically a monster movie, mm-hmm. and this kind of suffered from sequelitis <laughs> to an extent. This is like the PG-13 sequel. <laughs> <laughs> or the, um, what was it, Superman 2, the Donner film, when it was when it, when it split, where um, yeah. the directors left and it was mm-hmm. two complete two different movies. That's what kind of, it was kind of like. Yeah. But um, but at the same time, it really didn't have to live up, live up to that match. But at the same time, it also didn't live up to what the build was. The build was basically Braun destroying him the entire time. And a perfect example was the match against Joe at Great Balls of Fire. Like, that match lived up to the build. Joe destroyed Brock that entire match until the end. I did have, like I like Braun actually getting the upper hand in the beginning, but like you said, after that it just it was real it was really stale. And then 
for like we said, what the build was actually actually was supposed to be with with Braun rolling out of German suplexes and stuff, one F five puts him down. It kind of like it kind of like makes him look weaker to an extent. But 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 since Braun's this larger in life character, we don't have many of those in wrestling nowadays. The next night on Raw, you kind of forgot that he actually lost and lost some title match the night before. I will give them that they did kind of soften that blow the next night. Eck, your thoughts? I agree. I mean, they definitely uh, fixed it to to an extent. Still annoying. I mean, simmering there after that. Uh, that's a great comparison when when you look at it in uh, retrospect from SmackDown. I mean, in SmackDown. Uh, I'm sorry, not from SmackDown. From SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. You you know, SummerSlam he does that running power slam to Brock Lesnar not once but twice, and then he flips another table on top of him. The moment he flips that second table, I'm like, okay, the title's going to change. And that's before you, you see a uh, stretcher come out or anything. You're like, Braun's a guy. I mean, he's, he's demolishing Brock Lesnar, and that's when you could buy into him, if at any time that made the most sense. So then he's going to have a one-on-one match. You're like, wow, if he did that in a fatal four-way, what's he going to do now? Right. And in my opinion, it fell very much flat. Uh, it is in a comparison to Joe. Uh, Brock put Joe away with one F5, but Braun is, and I'm not trying to discredit Joe at all, but Braun is such a monster, and you see everything he's been doing for the past yeah, several Joe's months. Yeah, Joe's a badass, but Braun has been built as something yeah. beyond that. With everything he's been doing, he should not have went away after one F5. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and like, like Eric said, like there was so much from, from when we saw at SummerSlam, what Braun did by himself at SummerSlam, there was so much destruction that wasn't done on Sunday. Yeah, he put on more of a show at SummerSlam with other guys in the match than he did one on one. And I think with, with that that point alone, that's why I give it the I gave the the overall show a, a lower slobber. Yeah, and I, I don't blame you for that because when that match ended, I felt disappointed. Tag team match, we had tip of the cap to Cesaro. You guys know, I was. Really? <laughs> I was blown away that whole time. Every time I saw his teeth, I think, Alo, you even said watching wrestling with me is like watching wrestling with a kid because <laughs> I'm always, like, cringing and reacting to everything. I thought he got his teeth knocked out or broken. The fact that his teeth got pushed up into his jaw and then wrestled an entire match, I would have just not, not just an entire match, a, a good match. And yeah. you know what? I almost want to retract my words when you said I said earlier that the the Cena Reigns was the match of the night. The tag match was yeah, the match. This was of the, the match of the night. That yeah, was the match of the night. That was the match of the week. There was uh, yeah, not a better I, match on Raw. There's not a better match on SmackDown. I still go with Cena Roman for obvious reasons, as you guys know. But I definitely don't fault you for that. There's no. Yeah, this was uh, my match of the night. There's no taking away from this match. I, I said if I was Cesaro and that happened to me, I would have rolled right back and laid on my back till somebody <laughs> pinned me and just got the hell out of there. Got my mouth stitched up and immediately gone to a, a, some type of emergency dentist. Now I'm I'm more He's particular. The man. He's yeah. the man. I'm more particular about my teeth than most people. One of my friends who I lived in a shore house with actually used the phrase, "Pash brushes his teeth like a surgeon." So yeah, I'm very vain about my teeth. So I would have been out of there as fast as I could have if I would have ta- or I would have tagged Sheamus in and ran right out. So you think as high about your teeth as I think of my hair? All right. I think so. Yeah. New well, fashion. I don't have hair, so I had to move it yeah. on to something else. There we go. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, I did think this match was awesome, though. This was great. All four of these guys are awesome. I don't really know where exactly they go if it's not immediately the Shield reuniting in the Miztourage, but. Yeah, this match was great. So you both agreement that was the match of the night. That's my match of the night. 
Now, do you Indeed. like what they did the next night with Braun coming out looking for cop? First of all, Kurt Hawkins coming <laughs> out, now boasting a 118-match losing streak. Braun comes out, chases him around the arena, destroys him. I enjoyed this whole segment top to bottom. Me we too. all know I'm biased. Yeah, but then he says he wants competition. He finds it in the form of Dean Ambrose, and then Dean Ambrose takes the next L. But I, I a L in a blaze of glory. Yeah, as you would expect from Dean Ambrose. Um, the I backs, didn't think you guys would. You guys like to shit on him. <laughs> I, I do like Dean. There have been too many points it, it, in the time we've done the show that he has Aaron, been. did you like this segment? Yeah. And he was out there without stuff. Yeah, no, and then I, I like Dean. It's just he's booked horrible, and then what they do, and like what he does, it he needs somebody to bounce off of, and he was perfect in the shield, and he and it, it and he rise. bounced all over Strowman. <laughs> the the segment in the locker room I thought was great. Mm-hmm. You know, basically Dean, you got to think a little more. Seth, you need to think a little less. <laughs> they, like, yo, they're so good together. The idea that they kind of are two opposites. I knew I, you say that. I never really, <laughs> I never really thought of it this way before. But, like, you really think about it. You have Dean, the guy who doesn't think about anything, lunatic fringe. He flies off the handle. He'll fight anyone, Seth. Yeah. When, when Seth. he has a heel, he, he'll run from anyone. Yeah, and he's the architect. So you have the one guy who's supposed to be, like, the planner, the builder, the thinker. And then you got the, the doer. And the other guy who doesn't do any of those things. Yeah, the doer. Exactly. Perfect way to say it. I, I never really thought about that before, but it really is, like, a perfect pairing when it was kind of painted that way. I, I appreciated that they did that. And now Seth wants... Strowman next week. He beat Sheamus on Monday. Does he have... And another enjoyable part is, you know, Dean said how, like, oh, you know, you, you got to think less. You got to go do it. And then once Seth says, yeah, I'm going to do it, he's like, I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, is that match booked for next week? It is. Yes. Seth and Braun. Okay, so Seth will be taking a beating next week. One mm-hmm. of two matches booked for next week. What's the other one? The Intercontinental Championship match. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm sh- I'm interested to see if the Shield is going to be reunited. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Braun because base- Braun doesn't have anything to face. I'm not sure how long. I know Joe's supposed to be back sometime in October, so that's my only option. I could see him facing. I, I could see Joe being back early and and getting involved with this somehow. Yeah, I because the um the pay per view is until October 23rd, I believe, or fourth. But you need a big match like that if we're not going to see Brock missing an action again. October eighth. No, that's Hell in a Cell. The Raw pay-per-view is October... Oh, I thought you said October 4th. No, October 22nd. I, th- okay. I believe that's when it is. So that's the next Raw pay-per-view. I think Joe was supposed to be due back sometime in October. And they're basically... I think if they do with that Shield thing, it's basically the quote-unquote five-year reunion of the Shield because that's where they made their debut at TLC. Yeah. So I, I, I kept saying about the women's division, how I think the women's division will be a TLC match, but I think the Shield match will be the TLC match because that was a, the Shield's first match. It was a TLC match. That makes against, sense. Against Team Hell No and Ryback. So I think Braun may end up facing Samoa Joe. I'm really I'm really interested to see where he go because he, he may just be on a reign of terror for a few weeks, and then I think that can get Samoa Joe come back when he, asks for some, some, when he asks for some type of competition. I'm actually fine with that. Yeah, if they just too. have him rampaging through Raw every week. He I don't. I don't even know if he needs a match on the next pay per view. Wait till you have something for him to do because you could easily have him just go out there and destroy somebody every week, and it'll be entertaining. I guess that, that is a guy that the, his match results don't necessarily matter all that much if you're doing enough with him for us to overlook it. Women's championship match. Sasha Banks versus Emma versus Nia Jax versus Bailey versus Alexa Bliss. I really enjoyed this match. I thought For it was a, a lot of, of fun. a match, it was really good. Yeah, I thought every one of them 
shined in their own way in this match. The powerbomb spot on the floor with Nia Jax was nuts. I When I saw that, I definitely, like, viscerally reacted to it. I did not expect her to get dropped straight on the back, her back in the back of her head. Alexa retained. It was the right call. Alo, your thoughts on the women's match? I thought it was fun. They executed the fatal five-way stipulation perfectly. I thought Nia Jax really shined in that match. I know when she came out, Prep thought she was going to win because she just had that look on her face. And I kept saying, you got to pull the trigger on her somehow. I mean, well, sometime because you have to validate her to make her like a legitimate threat like we've been saying for the last few weeks on the show. I do think everybody got the chance to shine. I wish Emma got more of a shine, but after Bailey got inserted, we knew Emma would have been the odd woman out in the situation. And she's basically irrelevant again, even though she was on Raw in that tag match. Like you said, the powerbomb spot was nice. I don't like how they always get Nia Jax out of these matches. It's never actually anything they do. It's always herself taking herself out the matches. That always kind of bothers me when it comes to her. And they actually kind of like planning a storyline between Sasha and Bailey, but I don't think they explored that enough in the match to actually talk about it on Raw. It's like, okay, you broke up my three counts, so what? Yeah. Eck? Match was good overall. There were some enjoyable spots, as you know, as discussed. I kind of like the idea of the title changing that night, but it didn't have to, and Alexis still looks like a great heel. So I'm ready to see which way they're going to go forward, which they did on Raw, mm-hmm. and I'm already excited for that. Yeah, we saw, we did see, as Alo mentioned, Sasha and Bailey a little tension backstage. Sasha allegedly didn't return her text. They seemed a little bit at odds with each other. Best friends do that from time yeah. to time. Yeah, <laughs> as we've seen. As I've been witness to on numerous <laughs> weeks on this show. Um, well, I'm, I'm busy at work. Yeah. <laughs> I keep my red receipts on, so I'm not hiding anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I keep mine on. You don't. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't. I live too crazy of a lifestyle. <laughs> and, and I will say, present company is not the reason for that. <laughs> there are multiple other people that I don't want to know whether I've, I've read my messages or not. Neither, neither one of Shots. them being you. Shots. <laughs> um, I think the tag match, though, and one of the things I noticed most about this match, wasn't a great match. I had fun watching it, but Sasha and Bailey's teamwork in this match, I felt like really stood out. It was like they were like a well-oiled machine. That Each of them knew exactly what role they had to play in the match. I thought it was a, a fun match. They, they end up winning. The weird thing, I think, though, is, like, if they're pushing for the Sasha Banks heel turn, (laughs) if they're finally doing it, shouldn't Corey Graves be happy about it? I feel like it's weird that he was talking negatively about Sasha when we may be about to get that character back. Ron, I give up when it comes to that. Because, like I said earlier, when we talked about the Cruiserweight division, I was like, that's going to main event? As I said, main events, I mean, something's going to happen. But it did a main event. And... The women's division, we'll get to Alexa after this, but it's kind of like, at the moment, it's okay, but I think it may end up all over the place in the next upcoming weeks. And I, I'll explain when we get to Alexa. <laughs> yeah, I, do you want to just get to that right now? Might as well. I enjoyed, enjoyed her promo. Enjoyed her saying to the fans, like, I consider you all my friends, and I'm really disappointed in my friends right now. <laughs> um like that she used the phrase that she cleaned out the division because she really kind of has, except for Nia, I guess. Um, well, actually, she Nia, too, because she beat four of the women in the division on, at um, No Mercy. She did, but she has not proven yeah. that she's better than Nia Jax yet. Um, still all, they're still all losers in that match. Yeah, they are. That I can't argue that. I'd be a fool to try to argue that. 
She would think you're a fool yeah. if you argued that. <laughs> I think she'd think I was a fool anyway, whether I thought she that or not. She served you food before. This is true. <laughs> okay, that fair enough. Mickey James comes out, kind of takes her to task for some of her comments. Oh. <sighs> My God, gorilla. <laughs> My favorite part of this, a couple things. Alexa. Your eyes? Well, Alexa saying, yeah, Alexa, you seen the TV? <laughs> Alexa saying, you were one of my favorites as a little girl, I thought was great. Her saying, you were in my top eight on MySpace, yes. I thought was great. <laughs> and then when she just straight up called her an old lady, I, something about just the term old lady was hilarious to me. Mickey gives her her comeuppance in the moment. I don't know where that goes, but yeah, Alexa, she, could, she should be cutting a promo every week as far as I'm concerned. Or on commentary, one or the other. Yeah, my thing with the whole, this whole thing, like, I, I'm glad Mickey James got on this, mm-hmm. like, the Raw Talk promo with Alexa. She actually got out of the locker room yes. and onto the show. Yeah, yes, just, I just enjoy watching her walk down the ramp. Was, mm-hmm. woo. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm glad she's actually getting, like, some type of spotlight. And I did enjoy her promo because a lot of people forget, like, at this point in WWE, in, well, in today's WWE, Mickey James is "quote unquote" underrated when, when we know she's not because she's not she's she's hardly used and she can actually be like a stepping stone for these women because there's a lot of matches with Mickey James that we that I still personally want to see, but with, through the landscape of WWE, we might not, I might not get a chance to see that. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of tell that Mickey's going to get her opportunity, but at the same time, I don't think it will end up being at TLC in the long term. I can see. Mickey beating Alexa one on one maybe next week or whatever and earning a women's title shot before TLC and then after Alexa does beat Mickey on Raw, Mickey Alexa will probably go to Kurt Angle and says, "See, I beat up the whole entire division." And I think Oscar's debut match may end up being against Alexa Bliss at TLC because I don't think we're in, I don't think any of those I don't think the women's division is getting any stipulation. I think it'll be a straight one on one match. So I think Oscar will end up challenging Alexa for the for the women's title. And I'm not sure what this whole Sasha Bailey thing is. It's, it's, very, it's really weird. I don't, I, I, I'll never understand what they're doing between those two anymore. Like, I'm not going to speculate anymore because I really, I just want to see. I'm just going to let it happen because I'm not going to hurt my Because every time you speculate on it, you're never going to be wrong. Yeah, cause, yeah. Cause, That's for anyone. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, for I'm, not even, I'm not a Hollywood writer, but listen to the show, guys. <laughs> I'm no Hollywood writer. I'm no Hollywood writer. <laughs> but hey, I, I, got, I got ideas too. So I'm, not, I'm just, I'm just going to leave that alone. But I do think that Oscar will end up challenging Alexa Bliss for the women's title, and Alexa Bliss is that kind of heel that you want to see Oscar beat up on. So she, Alexa, could basically get up her comeuppance. Did they have a match in NXT or no? I don't believe so, because I, I really don't remember. I don't believe so, because I know Alexa was kind of feuding with Bailey right when Oscar came. I really don't remember if they ever did. Yeah, I don't think they crossed paths really. Eck, do you, how do you feel about Oscar maybe coming in and challenging Alexa for the title? first match I, I like the idea of it uh, I think it makes sense I mean she's obviously they're they're promoting her the right way I mean whenever they used to do vignettes for women when women didn't matter necessarily yeah. or they didn't have the spotlight uh-huh. um, they put out the fact that she was undefeated she wasn't just an NXT women's champion she's an undefeated NXT women's champion she's was undefeated before winning the title it makes sense you know she never lost the belt. She comes right in, give her a shot. That's going to put some marquee on, you know, on that show. And, I mean, that show's going to need all the star power it can get to an extent. And especially, in my opinion, after having a lackluster no mercy, I mean, they really should try to cut the lights off for TLC. Yeah, do you worry at all 
that if they have her they'll come drop right the ball in and win the title. Not that they'll drop the ball, but like if she comes right in and wins the title, like where does it go from there? No, I, I think it's good in my opinion because I think every every woman on the roster at that point is going to be forced to set their game up. So you don't want to see the, her journey to the title. You just want to see her I, I, be dominant and be right in to be the champion. I don't necessarily want that, but I won't be mad at it. I mean, I think it would make sense if, I mean, you know, money in the bank was given to, to SmackDown. So it doesn't make sense for them to use a money in the bank match, but I could see them having, you know, the whole division. Put them all in a match and figure a way. And I'm not trying to throw a stipulation, whether it be, you know, a battle royal or a pinfall elimination uh, whatever it be, maybe they could put the whole division, spotlight them all, and Asuka basically have a field day yeah. and just, you know, run through them all. Kick all their heads off, make make a few of them tap out. You know, th- there's options on which way to go. Uh, but if that doesn't make sense and they're trying to use secondary storylines, which is rare for WWE and the, the women's division, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Use some secondary. And Aaron basically just gave the, the best blueprint for them. You know, have some secondary women division. Um, Alexa beats Mickey James, and then boom. You know, she he tells Kurt, "I got no one." Boom, Oscar. That makes the most sense. Yeah, and the mo- the, re- the main reason I'm saying this is because Alexa made it a point that she beat four women, and then a Raw talk, they talked about the one woman that wasn't one of, one of the, one of the main women yeah. that actually have accolades that wasn't in that match, and that's Mickey James. Um, yeah, like I wouldn't hate it if it ends up being Oscar. Because I think one of the problems I have is they assume whatever was happening in NXT is going to translate right to the main roster. And there are a lot of fans, unfortunately, that don't know. But I think Asuka may be well-known enough. Her dominance may be well-known enough because she was the champion for as long as she was that it's not going to be out of left field to have her come in. And like X said, they're doing a good job with the vignettes of Mm -hmm. leading to her showing up like that's one of the selling points yeah. of tlc is like oscar's debuting at this show yeah and then if you do have the fear of when you debut her nobody will know winning the title in her first name will automatically validate her and her right. dominance right see I, I now you know rewind three or four years ago when Paige debut and she won the divas championship on her first night I didn't know who she was. Obviously, NXT was nowhere near what it is mm-hmm. now, so it kind of rubbed me the wrong way because it's like, oh, how, you know, even though women's wrestling wasn't as big of a deal or a focal point for the main roster, it's kind of like, you know, why are you just throwing there and passing her the belt right away? But it was one of those things. NXT wasn't, you know, as mainstream, and it wasn't something for everyone to know about. Now, you know, you're getting those those women advertised. You're getting them. You're getting their vignettes. You're getting their promos. And she, you know she's been all over the network. This is a few one of the few circumstances where it's a no brainer. Why not do it? Yeah, I I like I said I wouldn't hate it. And you know, obviously WWE is smart enough to know they have something good with Alexa. I mean, we just said how good her promos have been. She's obviously works well in the ring. What if she wins? Yeah, I I would be surprised if she beats Asuka. Um, but I do. Th- I am looking forward to Oscar being on the main roster. I'm looking forward to seeing how she fits in, what they do with her. My only concern is they they put the title on her, and then I I almost feel like that they get complacent. It's like, all right, she's the champion. You have to still be doing something interesting with her. Finn Balor <laughs> and Bray Wyatt, man versus man. Finn had some new gear. First time we've seen him in gray. Uh, people made a big deal about it, I guess, because they're used to seeing him in black. 
thought this match was fine. Obviously, this was never going to be a classic. On Raw, they followed it up with... If Bray's attached to it, it's definitely not going to be a classic. Yeah, uh, they follow up with Goldust being pissed at at Finn. I don't like this whole ordinary man that does extraordinary things. <laughs> thing. So bad. It's just one of those dumb things that they feel a need to do. It pained me to hear Corey Graves plug man versus man. Y- yeah, me too. Hopefully that's the last time we have to hear that. We're, no, it's not. Well, no, the, the worst part about Raw was after Balor gets a win. Yes. And, and you get... Bray's singing again. The old school Cena with the kid singing it. That because that was the exact audio from when he did that to Cena. I almost turned the roll off and went to bed. <laughs> I, I I yelled at the TV like, "Why?" <laughs> it does not need to continue. It didn't need to continue. Like it should have been over after the last one. Now we we got one more, and now another one. There's no need for it. Do either of you have anything you want to say about Finn or Bray? Are we gonna get Goldie Wyatt? Maybe we will. What if he? What if he get? He's the new recruit. <laughs> I don't know. Eck, would you like to see Goldust in the, in the Wyatt family? Uh, I think if he joins any faction, it's going to be with his brother. So <laughs> no, I don't think he's, he's Wyatt bound. Fair enough. And then Elias beat Apollo, but Titus took out Elias. Woke up the sleeping giant. I guess. I don't know if that's going somewhere. I have no idea. Uh, any thoughts on Elias, Apollo, or? Titus. Good song. That's it? <laughs> what city were they in? Um, Ontario, California. I oh, believe it was so, Ontario. So they were on the West Coast? Yes. All right. Uh, SmackDown. We are... We have Hell in a Cell one week from Sunday, as Michael Cole would say, in WWE. <laughs> I guess the headliner is Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens in Hell in a Cell. Owens opens the show. I thought this was another great opening segment. We had a good opening promo from Owens basically saying, Shane is a, is a smart guy. I respect Vince. I like Vince. Look what I did to him. Imagine what I'll do to someone I don't like and someone I don't respect. Sammy comes out, and there's another thing. I like the realism aspect of this. Is Sammy being able to say, I've been doing this with you for 15 years. When you snap, it never ends well. Like, I'm worried about you. I'm worried about your family. I'm worried about the rest of your life. And Owens being able to throw in his face. They can obviously always go to the well with these two guys, mm-hmm. and we're always going to be entertained. And this was great proof of it because it's one of those things you, you get reinvested in, not, not just the storyline between the two of them, but it gets you deeper involved into the storyline and shows you how evil KO is. Oh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed this segment, though. Alo, your thoughts on the opening segment? Yeah, I enjoyed this segment a lot. Um, I don't know how I feel about this. I do like the whole Sami Zayn being a part, being a part of, because he knows Kevin Owens personally, mm-hmm. and I did like the fact that he took him out later, t- took him out later at night to actually continue the whole Kevin Owens trance thing. And I just wanted more when Shane came out later, later in the night, and I actually wanted to hear from Shane because we haven't really heard. We heard from Shane last week, but. I want to see him versus him and Owens kind of face-to-face in that heated moment. I get that. Uh, so the, the thing that I thought, at least what I took from it, was the most important was, I don't know if they had used the line that he snapped, but I have thought that like with the first time we saw him in NXT, he snapped, and he has that like blank look on his face. Uh, we've seen him snap on the main roster. We hadn't seen it in a while. I like that we got to hear Sammy talk about him snapping. 
I loved how much he snapped when Shane's music hit at the end of the night. Actually dropped an, dropped an MFR on, they had to bleep it out. <laughs> I love that as soon as Shane got down there, though, he throws Sammy into him and jumps into the crowd and runs away. I like that he's avoiding the confrontation. I think we'll get the confrontation next week. But to me, I felt, that to me felt like there was like a sense of unpredictability to it. It's one of my problems with WWE TV lately is I've always, I say this almost every week. You just, okay, send these two guys out there to go do something. Okay, now you go out there and do something. Now you go out there and do something. This felt like unpredictable. This felt like a story that's going somewhere that we don't know what exactly is going to happen. Something about it made it feel more exciting than a lot of other things we're seeing on WWE TV. I would have liked to have seen Shane get his hands on him, but I do think we see that next week. Yeah, it's, we're definitely going to get that on the go home. Are you happy with how they're portraying Owens right now? They did it well, and I really love the way they ended it also at that chair spot, throwing him into Shane. That was enjoyable because that was one of those things I rewound. I'm like, whoa, is that, that made contact? That hurts. <laughs> One of my favorite details was after the powerbomb on the apron, Owens just sitting on the commentary table mm-hmm. watching the medics work on Sammy. The way he had got into that trance they talk about. Yeah, and then he runs around the ring and attacks him again. I thought they did a great job with it. I thought they did a good job of building some excitement for it. And now I'm looking forward to seeing next week what happens with these two. Do you think Owens opens the show or do you think Shane opens the show next week? Shane. What do you think, Ash? Yeah, it's going to flip-flop. Well, do, well, you know, since it's the go-home show, do you think we, we'll get Shane from um, the elbow drop from the table? Because you know on go-home shows, they like to get Shane to do that. I would not be surprised. If they if get physical? Get I, I would hope because you almost got to think Shane needs to get his, you know, his, his comeuppance because at the end of the day, Owens is going to win at Hell in a Cell. That's got to be the prediction. So you, you got to think, what's he going to do physically to – to advance himself here. Yeah, but I'm at least looking forward to it for next week. Which Jordan ones? Next week, I think he's going to do one of the fly nuts. <laughs> Alo, not Red a fan. <laughs> Off-white, I Shane. I haven't <laughs> seen him in person yet. Off-white, <laughs> off-white <laughs> Shane. I don't think that he likes those. I don't know. We'll see. He's a hype beast. Well, Brian Gerard James <laughs> is going to hear one this. Know him. <laughs> yeah, Brian Gerard James will hear this. He, I assume he'll be in Shane's ear on our behalf. Can't wait to meet him. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, when is that? November, November 18th. Uh, WWE Championship. Once again, not a whole lot happened. Jinder came out. Didn't get an entrance. Yeah, same promo, except this time the last get picture. Get the belt off him. Jeez. The, the last picture, you see Nakamura move on the screen. He's actually there in person. Comes out and takes all three of them out. Why did it take so long for Shinsuke to actually do something? And he seemed like he cared. He did. Did this make you any more interested to see the match in a couple, one week from Sunday? I, I will firmly say I'm interested in it. I anticipate him to win the belt. And if he doesn't, I might tune out of SmackDown for a couple <laughs> weeks. I was going to say, you don't know what you're going to do. For, I, I watch SmackDown for Kevin Owens. Yeah. There, there's no other reason to watch that show. Halo. <laughs> and with all due respect to the tag division, that, that's good too. But yeah. aside from that. <sighs> <laughs> this is so bad. What they, is this? this is, <laughs> so they bad. need Nakamura to have the belt. This was something they were, were supposed to do with the U.S. title. They need to go into an Owens Nakamura picture I, with, with the WWE champion. I'm yeah. terrified if Nakamura does get the the title. Because, like I said, 
he he can't carry a feud. He has to be he has to have somebody out there to lead and gender leading the thing. It's not good. Like the best part of this week was the Singh brothers laughing. Yeah, that was it. And like I know we don't like when people get entrances cut, but I was happy because he saved me some time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you for like, that either. Th- like it wasn't good, and I'm finally glad it was actually some physicality because it added something different to it. But this is so bad. I'm always looking to to find some time. <laughs> when I'm watching Raw and SmackDown, like how do, how do I save a couple minutes here? How do I save a couple minutes there? Oh, fast forward Enzo, good. This saved me eight minutes. Fast forward gender. <laughs> yeah, I didn't fast forward Enzo this week though because I thought it was worth at least paying attention to. Uh, United States Championship. AJ didn't have a match, but we did have Ty Dillinger and Baron Corbin. AJ at commentary. Great touch was. Corbin being distracted by AJ when he gets to the announce table and Dillinger coming up and just dumping him over the top rope and the way AJ laughed at him when he was laying on the floor I thought was great um obviously Corbin got the win threw tie into AJ which caused the count out AJ chased him out what did you guys think of Corbin on the mic after this match I didn't care for it too much talking I, I- and I don't know if he was overplaying it. I hated how exhausted he sounded. Yeah, and my thing was he kept like he kept going up the ramp, then came back down and went back up there. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, it, it was a weird. I'm glad you brought up out of breath because like the breathing into the mic was very strange. I almost, I felt like he was gonna drop a bomb, because like if you're that out of breath, you feel like any time, and that's usually something you'll see in like a main storyline picture where. Someone's out of breath, and they, they drop a bomb. Like I, I almost thought he was going to say, I'm coming for your United States Championship, and I'm, it's going to happen in Hell in the Cell. Because I was like, okay, he's going to say something that matters, but he's like, oh, I'm challenging you for the title. And it's like, is it? That's why you're so out of breath? Like, you're, you're, you're that nervous about challenging mm-hmm. for him? Like, it, 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 something didn't resonate with me. Yeah, is either one of you looking forward to this match? One week from Sunday. Me, me personally, I, there's a lot going on with the United States Championship I'm, I'm not looking forward to because it's one of those things they try to go into the well. They said, you know, Cena has something really hot with the open challenge and they're trying to redoing it, and it's not happening. It's not happening the right way. Obviously, no one can go in the ring better than AJ Styles, but he's not having the opportunity to showcase anyone. And he goes out there, and there's not an open challenge, or maybe it's a challenge for the next week, and it's only these two guys. So, I mean, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm like, I don't see him necessarily dropping the belt to either one. Uh, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe he'll drop it to Baron Corbin. But at this point, it's, it's kind of one of those storylines I'm already bored by, me yeah. personally. It, it's hard for me to get invested in this whole U.S. title thing, especially when it comes to AJ, because he talked about the U.S. Open Challenge, but we're not getting it. When we did get it, it was a U.S. Close Challenge. And I kind of just want him to move on and go into bigger and better things and leave the U.S. title to those up-and-coming guys who actually need the title. Right. AJ doesn't really need the title. So it's ba- he's just basically holding the hostage hostage to me. And he, he has so many other things that he could actually do. And like I said, we have a whole – like the guys that have been kind of challenging for the U.S. title, like Baron Corbin, Ty Dillinger. I know we said um, – well, Chad Gable's in a tag team now. But there's actually guys that you can actually use – in that mid-card who actually need that title. AJ doesn't need it anymore, and especially for what we were promised that we're not really getting in that U.S. closed slash open challenge. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for AJ to move on. I don't think that there's any reason for it. I've said from the beginning I want to see the U.S. open challenge be a showcase match for AJ every week, but we're, we're not getting it. 
doesn't seem like that's something they're going to do. So let's just move on from it and do something different. Women's division. I feel like there was not a lot of meat on the bones of SmackDown this week. Was it? Uh, we had Charlotte against Carmella. I love Carmelsworth. I always will. Her hooking his leash to the corner of the ring. Corey Graves was so good. Yeah, he was. I, I think he said. I, I think he he's said, almost house broken. Yes, there it is. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it was an easy win for Charlotte. Then Natty cut a promo on Charlotte. I don't feel like they've they've earned. Not these women. I don't feel like WWE has earned our interest in this match yet. Not yet. They, they, they got one week to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, the whole thing's been built around Charlotte's return and Natty, Natty quote-unquote, basically feeling she's overlooked, that Charlotte's back, but I'm the women's champion. But since the pay-per-view was so close and the fact that Charlotte did beat Carmella, I'm kind of keeping it in the back of my head because you know when you but, but the cash in, you, you, you basically probably get beat by the number one contender and you get booked like crap. So, and I don't think Carmella's won in a while. So, no. I'm keeping my eye open for Carmella cashing in at Hell in a Cell. If if Charlotte wins, but if Charlotte does not win, I think it'll be later down the road. Because that, cause I know I'm at Starcade. We'll get to that later. They're advertising Natty and Charlotte in the cage. So, that's kind of like, that's kind of like Jade in my opinion a bit because I think they'll stick to that match. It, so, that's what's like keeping me a little like, on the edge with that, but I will keep an eye on Carmella because she's lost a couple matches, and the fact that Charlotte actually pinned her and basically as being Miss Money in the Bank, you don't really have to have a direction; you have the briefcase, so you're already you're still important no matter what. But I do think that this whole match will be will be really good. I don't mind it because Natty's act, Natty's actually kind of been like underrated on the mic because like she said a lot of things that you might not catch, but mm-hmm. and we, when we talk about it, I do find it very interesting and funny. Yeah. Like when um she came up with the, um. When she celebrated her SummerSlam victory, when she had the poster, what did you say that she, um... She was, it was something about, like, the accomplishments of women, and it was something that she was talking about, Amelia Earhart. Yeah, that's what it was. Couldn't finish her journey around the world, but one woman could, and it was yeah, her a lot own of, picture. Yeah, a lot of stuff Natty does falls under the radar, but I, I'll watch these two women wrestle wrestle any, any, any time. But I, do, I am looking forward to this match, and I don't really need much of a build to sell me on a Natty versus Charlotte match. The other thing I think is there are certain times when there's someone who is the best at something. And I know none of you are big UFC guys, but George St. Pierre was one of the best 170-pound champions of all time. He had just beaten Matt Hughes, who was the most dominant 170-pound champion of all time. Then he got upset by a guy named Matt Serra, who like nobody really knew who he was. It was one of the biggest upsets in history. He defended it maybe one time but George St. Pierre comes back wins the title and is like okay all is right in the UFC world again or you know maybe like something like the Patriots or when the Lakers are good it's like okay all is right in the world again because the Lakers are back in the NBA finals there's certain things it just feels like this is the way it's supposed to be I feel like that's Charlotte like her being back her fighting for the championship it's like okay all is right in the women's division again I could see that, her winning the Women's Championship and then losing it immediately because Carmella cashed in. Or she's about to win it, and Carmella somehow swoops in and steals it. And that'd be the best way to get a real good babyface uh, push for Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, because people care about Charlotte and being being a heel. 
Cause like this is like Charlotte winning also like kind of captivates her comeback from from dealing with from dealing with Rick's sickness, and then for Carmelo to take that moment away from her would give so much heel heat, like Eric said, to Carmelo. Yeah, and you got to figure because you know aside from her winning the Divas title, all her runs with the uh, Raw Women's Championship, she was a heel every time, so there was never really a feel good moment for her on the main roster. So this is this is gonna be it, and it, you know whether it be at you know, Hell in a Cell or Starcade or SmackDown, um, when the cash in happens, it, you know they got to do something to to steal that moment from her. Yeah, because I agree. The, the chase back will just be so much more worth it. Yeah, it'll it'll pay off. Uh, tag team division, Usos get a win over the Hype Bros, and we got the official announcement that the tag team match is in Hell in a Cell. Has there been a tag team Hell in a Cell before? Mm-hmm. When was it? Just wondering, uh, was it so? 2009. It was D- DX versus Legacy. Oh, yeah, and it was a three-on-two handicap match. DX versus the McMahons in the Big Show. Okay. I'm looking forward to this. I'm I think this is going to be awesome. Yeah. Does anybody take a big spot, or are they just saving the big spot for Shane and Owens? No, I think New Day will take 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 this. No, I think this possibly, because the two matches, they've got, well, the three matches... Well, the two pay-per-view matches, I'll put it that way. Those matches got better and better, believe it or not. And when we were at Battleground, we could be like, okay, how are they going to top this? Then at SummerSlam, even though it was on the pre-show, mm-hmm. if that match was on the main card, that match probably would have match of the night. And I think that, well, even that Sensei, that Sensei Street Fight was really good. And I think this Hell in a Cell match is, is earned, and I really think this may actually be a match of the year contender hmm. because these two teams, they've elevated each other every time. And this match does deserve the Hell in a Cell element. Yeah. Eck, you looking forward to this? I'm looking forward to it a lot. Um, now, when the New Day was in the Elimination Chamber a few years ago, the third man was completely out of the chamber, right? Obviously. Yeah. So that's the one thing I'm kind of looking forward to, and I almost feel like the New Day, even when they bend the rules, it's not really – it's heel tactics, but, you know, they can still do it in a babyface way. I'm wondering who they're going to – you know, you'd almost assume, obviously, it would be Xavier, but I'm wondering who they're going to keep out of the cell – and if it's Xavier, you know he's going to get involved somehow. Well, is Xavier still hurt? Or I don't know. He hasn't been in action. I haven't even heard them mention the injury, though, in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure. How hilarious were they in the crowd? Great. Yes. Biggie Big e with, with the popcorn. The popcorn. <laughs> so good. Yeah, and the mic in the popcorn. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I when did. When he went to talk, yeah, he yeah. pulled the microphone yeah, I did. out of the I did tub of popcorn that. I thought was good. Um, and their complex special was pretty good. I did watch it. It was okay. <laughs> they have personal stories, and that's why I always appreciate. Yeah, but I, I don't. I thought it was a little too short. To, and again, that's one of the things I don't like about when they do it on a complex because, at least with a group, you know, they give it like a seven-minute segment, and then there they had three guys in the new day, and then Wale gets involved. It, they couldn't really focus on, on their stories. Really, yeah. I feel like Kofi had a story about a shoe. Biggie had a story about a shoe. I, I don't think Xavier had anything specific to that. There, there was, there was stuff there, wanting, making me want more. Yeah, at least. but I did enjoy Kobe because I know Kobe's been into the shoes for a long time now. Yeah, he always seems to wear something interesting yeah. in the ring. He, he seems to be into you know the latest basketball sneakers to uh, <laughs> to, to play in, or you know, to, I'm sorry, to wrestle in. Yeah, uh, Fashion Files back next week. Looking forward to it. Something actually to tune in to SmackDown. Uh huh. Uh, Rusev Day declared yes. <laughs> the mayor of Rusev's town in Bulgaria was there. 
Aiden English singing the Bulgarian national anthem I thought was awesome. Aiden English. He, he gets better every week. Yeah. Aiden English better announcer than Greg Hamilton. Yeah, oh, absolutely, without a doubt. Um, my favorite moment of this whole thing was when the Rusev Day was announced, Corey Graves saying, what an honor. <laughs> he's he's very good at both being like kind of like the, the straight man and like the jerk. And also being like the biggest dork there. My favorite part was like Rusev just sitting there smiling the whole time. Oh, it was yeah. so great. He was he, so proud of himself. Yeah, we had him not knowing what elated meant last <laughs> week. And then English was singing the Rusev Day song to the tune of Voices. <laughs> and then we get two RKOs out of nowhere. And I know Randy wished Renee Young a happy Rusev Day in that little interview afterwards. I'm really not looking forward to seeing this match again, but I'm glad that they're at least letting Rusev be as entertaining as Rusev can be. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he deserves go, it. He better go over. I want him to, but I don't think it's going to happen. Like I always said, like, I, I, th- I think it will. Anytime, really? I, anytime I see a Rusev segment, it's like it's so bad, but it's good at the same time. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what's so good about it. <laughs> it is so bad that it's good. And, like, he's in on the joke. It's not like he's just doing a bad job. Like, he knows what yeah. he's doing. Oh, he's doing a great <laughs> job at being bad. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, Dolph is the Undertaker. You know, I went to the bathroom when this came on, so I I, I saw the the lights and stuff going. On. I'm like, what? Where's this coming from? And I was like, oh, he's walking too fast. That's not the Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, it, I thought it was clear. I thought you could just even tell from the size of him. All of a sudden, though, Dolph Ziggler has the supernatural ability to turn the lights on <laughs> when he gets to the stairs. Uh, it, it was whatever. I'm ready for Bobby Roode to just win this match and then move on to being an actual part of the roster. Stop with this face crap. I can't do I can't do a face I, Bobby Roode. I can't, can't imagine do, it's about to change it's anytime stop, soon. It's so bad. It. What's worse for you? When the I New think Day, it was terrible. When it's the New so Day bad. were becoming a fa- baby face team or Bobby Roode being a baby face? I'll say Bobby Roode because people actually even liked the New Day even though, even though they were heels. It was just harder to watch the New Day, New Day at the time. Because you you want them to be heels because you were accustomed to that for so long, and same thing with Bobby Roode. But Bobby Roode, like, come on, you are not a face. Yeah, no, he's not. And I mean, I guess it's I'll, I'll put my people two cents are cheering in. him. I'll put my so. two cents in because obviously he's gotten you know his last year in NXT and especially while he had the title, he got more over weekend you know especially to the later half of his uh, championship reign, he got more over you know week in week out. And he can't help but get cheered when he comes out. Obviously, Vince likes that. Um, I don't know anything about his TNA run or his performance or what he was better at, but I have read somewhere in an interview that he stated, you know, WWE has given a, a spark in um, you know him wanting to be there, mm-hmm. uh, wanting to perform, and you could tell during this per- promo he was at you know happy to be in the ring with Ziggler, whether it was just a promo or not. So I'm looking forward to it because there's only so many matches I feel like we got out of him that were must-see in um, NXT, and I, I hope this actually brings out a good performance from both of them. And it's a way at least to get invested in them. Yeah, I think it will. Yeah, Bobby Roode as a face is not bad, but under this whole glorious thing in WWE and what he's basically portrayed as, it doesn't work. Yeah, stop. you don't see it as like a good fit. Yeah, stop, stop this face crap. <laughs> uh, poor, poor Dolph Ziggler, I can't wait till you leave, and I will email you to come on the show and – Embrace the madness and vent your displeasure with this company. Yeah, like Cody Rhodes left to be the American Nightmare. I can't wait for Dolph Ziggler to even be the answer on the <laughs> independent scene. Um, any listener questions this week? Yes. I'm looking forward to these. Yeah? 
I really am. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to start off with my favorite question. This comes from co-host of the FCA podcast, Rusty Agostino. Okay. Thank I, you for the question, Russ. I cannot wait. Russ, what up? <laughs> so, I'll since, take it first. <laughs> so, since WWE is bringing back Starcade and they have announced, they've apparently announced Rock and Roll Express versus the club, what other WCW gimmick matches slash former stars would you like to see them bring back for it? And do you think they should they they should slash will put the put this on the network i think without a doubt they should put it on the network i think it's a huge wasted opportunity if they don't um and if what's the point of not like what other effort is that going to take on, on a saturday what's what's you know you got old content playing yeah there is no reason not to it makes but, no sense you know, well, then they, do they have to pay to broadcast on the network i i don't know what are they going to do pay themselves well, it may be like something you have to pay to the actual arena to broadcast. Yeah, something. you do have to pay the arena to broadcast. Should to be me, no, should be a no-brainer. Yeah. Should be a no-brainer. Um, WCW gimmick. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to go to the well just because I said this on a throwback, which you know you can listen if you download the episode. You Was that already, directed to Donovan or? Well, you, you should already <laughs> you should already have the episode because you should have already <laughs> subscribed to us. This is to all of our uh, listeners. I'm going to go with the. Um, I'm, of course, I'm going to forget the name of it. Damn match that we just... Uh, War what, Games? War Games. The two cages. I, I feel like WWE should be able to... Something like one of Survivor Series pay-per-view, I feel like they should be able to use a War Games match and make that interesting. I know Vince is against the two rings. I pointed out Orin, uh, Orin Throwback that, you know, me, if I was in attendance, I would have an issue where... If you got good seats, you're watching one ring and you get to see a match, and then the next match is in the other ring... Yeah, I can see how that'd be a nuisance, but I don't see why it would hurt to try it. Yeah. Uh, nothing. <laughs> Zero. No, I'm kidding. If I could see them bring anything back for Starcade. Psych! <laughs> yeah. I almost did that, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to rip bridge. off. Yeah, I didn't want to rip off uh, Donnie Wrestling, Donnie Mundo. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie Nitro. I, um, I want to see Jericho go over Bill. <laughs> <laughs> The fake Bill with the toy belt? That's no, a, actual oh, Bill. Actual oh. Bill. <laughs> I want to see them bring back actual Bill for Starcade and see Jericho get the win over him. He should have gotten in 1998. <laughs> well, well, the first thing is I want Vince Russo there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I already think you're going down the road. I thought you were going to go I down. Want, I, want, I need Vince Russo there. I also want, I also want to see the Disco Inferno versus Rich Swan in the dance-off. Okay. Wow. What? Not what, I, not what I thought. Keep going. Keep going. Is that it? No, I'm, I'm not done. I'm, I'm gonna have fun with this. Um, on a on a serious note, I think since it's in North Carolina, I do think we'll see Rick. They'll see Rick there to actually show that he's okay and in in, in in good spirits. And I wouldn't be shocked if it is televised or if it's not. But I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know about Hogan, but I think there'll be some type of NWO appearance basically. And you already know Booker T. He's with the company, so yeah. You may you you'll see the probably WWE so you guys. see Booker T with the NWO. You're excited for that, huh? Kick him out again. <laughs> They're gonna bring Sean back? Oh, no. I thought you were gonna go Judy Bagwell on a pole I'm not, match. I wasn't done. Oh. Ah! <laughs> I wasn't done. Of course you gotta bring back Judy Bagwell on a freaking <laughs> pole match, bro. And, and then in the main event, well, the match I want to see brought back, I want to see the Triple Cage match, DDP versus Jimmy King for the world's heavyweight champion. Me and Pastor oh. were talking about that. We, we couldn't remember the name of the Triple Cage. Mike today. It wasn't. It was just called Triple Cage. Is yeah. that really what it was called? And right at Rumble. Oh yeah, when I looked it up before we started, I did. I did ultimately see that. Yeah, in in the triple cage. Yeah. Thank you for the question, Russ. What do we got next? <laughs> did I say Sting too? 
He didn't. Okay, Sting. Sting. I, I believe okay. Sting will be there too. All right, and we got a long, lot of stuff from the Godfather podcast. <laughs> I'll just get to the question. Mm-hmm. Monday and Tuesday don't excite me anymore. Even when there's good action in the ring, I just don't care anymore. Vince is obviously set on Lesnar versus Reigns for WrestleMania. So now I focus on the Rumble. The winner will come from SmackDown. Orton last year was stupid. I'm predicting an AJ Rumble victory to set up AJ versus Nakamura. Now, does AJ Nakamura improve the house shows in SmackDown live attendance? I don't think so. So how would you book SmackDown over the next few months to improve attendance and interest? And please, be creative. My boring answer is AJ Nakamura. My creative answer is let Daniel Bryan wrestle again. There you go. Let Daniel Bryan be number 30 and win the Rumble. What I think the best way to make Mondays and Tuesdays exciting again, specifically Wait, SmackDown. Wait, he said specifically SmackDown. I mean, I guess this is a boring answer, but, like, start making it a good TV show. <laughs> like, that's where you start. But if, he, if his creative answer was let Daniel Bryan wrestle, my creative answer is sign CM Punk. <laughs> That'll bring ratings up. That'll sell that's tickets. That's a fact. Eck? Um, specifically SmackDown. Wow. You know, I, do, I don't hope we see Brock and Roman for um, the Universal Championship, and I really don't want to see Brock hold the title. We're almost doomed that that's going to be the case. Um, it's one of those things, you know, you're going to look back 10 years from now and say, okay, who's the first person to hold the, or, you know, who's the longest Universal, you know, champion? And if Brock's the only person that held it for a year, mm-hmm. you got to look back, and he defended it six times. There's something WWE is, you know, they talk about championships don't matter, wins don't matter. But in retrospect, when they bring up these, you know, career highlights and accolades so often, you know, that's just something that I think is, you know, some, someone's going to look into, and that, that's something that they're they're messing up on. They're dropping the ball on. Um, either way, if it's going to be the WWE Championship, you know, I've, I've already went to the point that um, I think they should go with the, the storyline of Nakamura versus Owens. Uh, I think that should go for the rest of the year past no mercy. I think we should get Owens winning the WWE Championship by the Rumble. If not, he defends it against Nakamura again, and he wins it. I think Sami Zayn should win the Royal Rumble, and we get the two best friends uh, in, in a main event for the nine-hour WrestleMania next year. <laughs> that would be fun. Alo. All right, well, I'm going to I'm gonna book this as what it's supposed to be, sports entertainment. So, Lav had a question about the, how a lot of events have been empty in this, but like I said, I understand where he's coming from, but... It's not like that anymore. It's a whole different age in wrestling. So it's not it's not like the, in 85 where it's, oh, um, WWF wrestling featuring Hulk Hogan. It's not, it's not that anymore. It's everything as a – everybody as a whole. So WWE, SmackDown Live as a unit is failing, even though you have these guys that everybody cares about. But what I, what I would do personally, because, for example, we always say everybody loves like, the lovable loser. So what I would do is Sami Zayn go out there and have the best wrestling match and put on a show and just go out there and go for every, every week. You're going to win some. You're, you're going to lose more than you win, but you're going to get your push. So go out there and steal these people's heart and let these people care about you because you need somebody to care about. Same thing with Daniel Bryan. That just happened. That happened over time. It didn't happen. It wasn't like, hey, you're going to like this guy. No, you're going to earn my respect and be awesome. That, that I would do because – SmackDown and WWE, they're missing these guys that you want to see succeed. 
like we had it with Kevin Owens, but Kevin Owens is a heel, so it's a little bit different. You need somebody to actually be lovable. <clears throat> now, what I would do is, for for example, sports entertainment, you want to increase ratings, you need Nikki Bella. You need the Bellas back because they they bring in the audience, whether you like it or not, as a, as a smart fan or not. They bring in they bring in ratings. They bring in they have their own they have their own set of fans. Yeah. And then one thing I would do is in a mainstream world. Eric said that he would have Kevin Owens versus Shinsuke Nakamura, but Shinsuke Nakamura and Kevin Owens—they're not the mainstream names you want to see. The na- mainstream names you want to see—that's what kind of like the smart fans will want it, will want to hear, and see. But the one there's one thing they could actually do to actually spell, put buzz in, into the entire world, and not just the wrestling community, but even the casual fans, even even like you know they have—they're big on ESPN and all this other stuff and all these other platforms. Turn John Cena heel because that's gonna put people—that's gonna make people. Be like, oh, he finally turned heel. I can't tell you how many friends that I have that say he got the same song. He's still a good guy. Did he ever turn bad guy? I'm like, no. It's been this way, it's been this way for what 12 years now. They want to see that, and I guarantee you, you'll get a, a whole other audience of fans turning in. Even the little kids, they might be heartbroken, but they'll still t- they'll still tune in because you want to know why. And at the same time, in in this world of social media, even if you turn one week. Look at the backlash you get and all the things you see on Twitter because you know they're gonna, it's going to get trending. Look at what you see, and then on the next week on, on, on the show, you can even back out of it and actually have them stay face or whatever and have a different explanation. But to, in order to get a buzz on your product and, and get interest, you have to do something that everybody's been waiting for a long time, and that is turn Johnson Hill, similar with Hogan. You need you you wanted Hogan to turn heel so bad. Oh, not so bad, but you didn't see it coming. He had been yeah. the same guy for so long, and then you see some things like Hogan turn bad. It's kind of the same situation. And and John Cena is this kind of our my generation's Hulk Hogan because he's been here for 15 years, and that is going to spark interest in not just the smart fans, but the casual fans and the people who don't even watch anymore. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you have another question? Yes, um, from a from. Which nickname should I give him? God, I, I'm, really, I'm really, I'm, I'm really, I'm really enjoying Donnie wrestling at the moment. So, well, Donnie Hedigan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Roman said no other top guy has held the company down for 15 years like Cena. Weren't there other guys who've 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 held down the company for a long period of time? Well, not that long. No, no. he's been, he means are there people that could have? Oh, that could have. Not not during his era. I, I really don't think performing. so. Maybe Stone Cold, maybe no, The Rock. I don't, I don't agree with Stone Cold because even when he came back in two thousand, you could tell it was like kind of fading. Even like in O two, it was like dying down. Even though because it was like this kind of the same stuff. That and that's why my initial answer is no because even The Rock, I, there were times I really didn't care for The Rock anymore. I don't know that he could have done it for fifteen years. Now, granted, but as much as you're saying that, as much as you didn't care, for as long as Cena was on top, we didn't care. No, you're right. We started the show. We didn't like him. Right. You, you didn't watch wrestling because he was a part of it. He may not have that been was a one of the part reasons. Of reasons he turned that, down. That was one it. of the reasons. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend it wasn't. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else could have. Like Stone Cold, I think by the time he, like, caught on. He was already at a pretty advanced age, and it was pretty banged up. The, the Rock, I would say, is probably the only one. I think the way you got to compare it is whether they were over or not, or somebody that got a great pop, or somebody that was 
the ma- the majority of the crowd was into, you got to look at somebody that performed as long as he did. But also at the same time, even though nobody liked Cena or whatever, you still cared and gave him a reaction. And I don't know if anybody can get a reaction for 15 years like that. No, I I don't think so. Yeah, but but the reaction. My argument there is the reaction of some people tuned out. Okay, but at the same time, people tuned out. But that's going that's what that's what's happened to all professional wrestling over the years. People grow up in stuff, and like Ron, the attitude era is gone. Oh, Randy Orton, I don't like him. John Cena, I don't like him. But at the same time, new ch- kids are born over time, and they're gonna like this thing called wrestling. And at the same time, the smart fans are still there. There's some smart fans, they're smart to like Cena. They're smart not they they don't like him because of the whole you get shoved down my throat thing. But that's the whole nature of the beast when it comes to professional wrestling. At the end of the day, people cared for 15 years about John Cena. And he was in that spotlight for a reason. Whether you whether you cheer him or boo him, you're giving him a reaction. If you don't like somebody, like Ron did, don't watch. But at the same time, it takes a plethora of a, a, a lot of people to in order to change something. Just cuz your, your ratings are going down or whatever. It doesn't matter. And John Cena, he did a lot, not just wrestling. He did all this PR stuff, the movies, commercials. He did, he brought a lot to that company for it, in order to stay on top. So it wasn't just the fans. It's the, it's the mainstream media that also made John Cena stay on top, too. So, yeah, last thing before we, uh, before we wrap up. Cena also, and this is another part that I think people don't think about. I don't know if anyone else would have been able to stay – as healthy and as active as he did all this time. In a machine. Yeah, he had a couple of serious injuries, but he came back at like warp speed from these injuries. So I think him his availability is a huge part of why he was able to do that for fifteen years. So I I don't I don't see anybody else that could have done it for that long. Just physically, I don't know if if anyone else would have held up as well as Cena has. Where he's this long into it and he's still adding new things to his Repertoire or repetenda, as the <laughs> as the the late Dusty Rhodes would have said. Um, yeah, that, that's a. I don't think there's anybody else. I'm curious if anybody else out uh, there. Obviously, it's not as big of a name, but I mean, you could put Jericho into that argument. He's someone that's never really had a big injury, and obviously, he goes away to handle other things. But you know, he's for the most part always involved with WWE, and he's you know he's someone that you can't come up to mind and think of of a big injury that he had. Yeah, and he at least is someone who I know. People who don't watch wrestling know his name. Not that he's a huge superstar like Cena, but there are people who, if I mention Chris Jericho, they know who he yeah. is. And he was a star at the right time for you to remember his name. Yeah. Um, so, thank you for the questions, everybody. NBA Media Day happened on Friday for a couple teams, Monday for most teams. So, LeBron, I know you're back in Cleveland. I'm just going to ask, don't be a bum. <laughs> The throne is waiting for you here on Matt Madness Unsanctioned. You know, like I said, it'll be waiting whenever you're ready. I'll have, you know, a vegan meal if you're a vegan right now. It doesn't matter what it is. The door's open. The throne is waiting. We'll keep it warm for you. LeBron, come and do the show. We'll have a great time. Alo? The power of love is in the air. (laughs) The it couple Ms. Maurice are expecting. The Every Canel- Kardashian is expecting. I'm not done yet. <laughs> the Canellas family is expecting. Uh-huh. And LeBron going to be a good teammate before you send Trish and Thompson packing because there's something in that Kardashian stuff. Uh-huh. Go to whatamaneuver.com and order your, <laughs> the Kardashians. Oh, Kylie as well. Yeah. The Matt Madness onesies at whatamaneuver.com. <laughs> 
And if they're also tired of the same wrestling shirts, even the, even the Cleveland Cavaliers, if you're tired of the same wrestling shirts, go to KyleNevel.com and use promo code Matt Manis for 10% off your order. Yeah, save that money. <laughs> Dave wants to match all 19 colors of his new LeBron 15 already. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> yeah, so LeBron, we're waiting. You know, we're eager to have you on. Season hasn't started yet, um, but the, the throne will always be there. Can't get a better warm-up than coming on this show. <laughs> no, you can't. So, falls count anywhere. Perfect edge. Look back for some unsanctions. Look back for some throwback madness. If you listen to the show, if you like the show, subscribe. Five-star ratings. Five-star reviews. For Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with this elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls, shut the Vince McMahon. It ain't shake the land, off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.